0: G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Coates. Thank you so much for listening to me. And tonight, uh, yes I say tonight because I'm recording this at around 12.30am past midnight on Wednesday, December 20th, 2017. I'm doing it this late because I've just walked out of seeing Star Wars The Last Jedi for a second time, this time, uh, not at Star Wars, <laughs> not at Star Wars, not at IMAX this time because I don't have that much money. Just at my uh, local cinema, the Lido here in Hawthorn. Uh, if you're ever in Hawthorne, please go watch a movie there. It is an awesome, awesome cinema. So I'm um, I'm doing this podcast because I have a few updated opinions about the Last Jedi, uh, mostly positive ones. Definitely, almost all positive as well because. If I were to retroactively change my rating for this, I think in the spoiler, in the spoiler review, we gave a rating and I think I said something like a seven out of ten. If I was to retroactively change that, I would definitely bump it up a little bit. This movie is so much better on a rewatch. And so I wanted to talk about a lot of the things that I just found a lot better watching it this time around and also some things that uh, I forgot to mention in the uh, spoiler episode or things that I just flat out missed the first time around and only noticed in the second viewing. So, uh, let's get into it. First of all, uh, a lot of the problems I had with the movie were not as bad the second time around, Uh, especially the pacing, which was one of my main issues with the movie, and usually that's something that doesn't change at all. But for some weird reason, the pacing felt so much more even this time, and which I, I considered maybe the time of day when I saw it. Maybe I was just tired when I first saw it. Uh, I'm not sure, which but which is weird because I first saw it at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon and I've seen it now at like 9 p.m. And for what's weird is that I can remember more of the movie. Well, not remember more of the movie, but it felt so much quicker when I watched it at 9 p.m., which I found really strange. So I'm not sure if that was just me or the movie, but... I don't know, but uh, as I said, I found the pacing so much better. All the Canto Bite stuff was less annoying this time around. I mean, the cruelty against animals thing—look, I agree with the message that you're trying to put in, but it feels very, very forced. It d- it does bog down the movie a little bit. But something in the Canto Bite scene that I actually really enjoyed this time around was um, actually just the design of the planet too. Like this planet is pretty m- like the city in Canto Bite. It's pretty much like Dubai because the planet is pretty much just like this entire desert planet like this entire desert, and you've just got this one huge, rich utopia just in the middle of it. I'm like, that's Dubai, if and it's where all the p- rich people live too. So I'm like, okay, that's definitely Dubai. So, and also just, uh, I mean, when you get inside, it's pretty much, it looks like a scene from The Fifth Element, but uh, you take what you can get. But the Cando bite stuff that I really enjoyed was, um, that this time around especially, was um, Rose saying, right, Rose is saying like her backstory, in this part, and she says like this place, like and the reason why all the people are rich is because they're in the arms trade, and that's something that n- has never like it may maybe may in the expanded universe, but definitely not in the movies, that they talk about like the the people who aren't fighting the war, but the guys funding it, so the people selling weapons to both like to the first order and then also the uh. And also the 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 rebels as well, and that leads to a really great line where um that Benicio del Toro says where he's looking through because they steal an armed ship, and they're looking through all the things that they sell, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, uh because I think Finn says something like at least we're stealing from the bad guys, and it's like nah maybe, and then they flick through all the things that they sell, and then you see an X-wing there, and you're like oh crap maybe the maybe the Alliance or the the Alliance the rebels aren't. <laughs> aren't as, like, they're the... uh, I I don't know how to explain it, but, like, it was a really, really cool scene and something that you don't really see in Star Wars that much. Also something that annoyed me a lot on the first viewing and just kind of felt like fan service was the Yoda scene. I mean, Yoda still looks very weird in the first shot that you see him. It looks like the weird mix of CGI and the puppet, but it gets better as the scene goes along. But... And it's kind of... it, It goes full circle, like... um, And what I really like about this is, like... uh. Luke in this movie has become a lot like what Yoda was in The Empire Strikes Back and I love it. I mean, a lot of people will say that that's very very like almost mirroring what happened, but the Yoda scene second time around I enjoyed so much more. Like he has a couple of really great lines in there, especially like when he burns when when he burns the temple and like saying the sacred jedi texts were in there. It's like have you read them? <laughs> you know, page turners they were not. Uh, I really enjoyed that line, and it it didn't take me out of the movie as much as it did. Probably because I knew it was coming, but I actually enjoyed it a lot more, and it was a little bit less distracting. Th- that's pretty much all of the stuff that like I had problems with. But then I mean, I mean there's there's a few things I still had problems with. Like a lot of the Canto Bite stuff is still pretty silly. Uh, Leia flying through space is still really stupid. Uh, but apart from that, like a lot of the stuff in here is really really good. And, as I said, if I I, was to, I would bump it up probably to about an 8 out of 10 retroactively, which I'll probably do. The, I, I will do that. Yeah, definitely. But another thing that I really enjoyed that I completely... I don't know how Tim, Kyle, or myself completely didn't even mention this, how Mark Hamill in this movie is the best he has ever been as Luke Skywalker. Also, because I just love Luke Skywalker as this grizzled, old, angry fuck. I absolutely love it. Like, as soon as... It's from minute one you see him in this movie. Literally, as soon as he's handed the lightsaber from Rey, he just throws it over his shoulder and walks off. And it makes... Look, a lot of fanboys disagree with it, but a lot of people that are hating on this movie because it's too different, you're the same people who were complaining that The Force Awakens was way too similar find some middle ground fan your basement dwelling fanboys okay just enjoy it for what it is okay it's star wars you you should love this I uh, you're just always going to be disappointed aren't you? you Fucking jackasses anyway but i really love uh, like a lot of yeah as i said a lot of fanboys are angry with it and even mark hamill said that he really really disagreed with it but to me it just feels like the natural arc for luke skywalker he's Maybe t- talking to similarities, he's pretty much going down the same path as uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in this movie. Like he's put it, forced himself into exile. He sa- he even says he went there. He went to that island to die, and bec- and he wants the Jedi to die with him as well. And he that's why he's getting old grizzled as well. He even admits that the Jedi suck, talking about the events that happened like in the Clone Wars and during Revenge of the Sith, saying that like. The, the Jedi Order forced them, like, let the, let the Sith rise up and create the Empire under the watch of a Jedi Master. It, 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 it was such a really good scene, and, like, it makes so much sense as to why Luke is so fucking curmud- curmudgeonly and just. Oh, I, I just love it. Like, so I, I don't know how I didn't even mention that the first time. Also, something that I really enjoyed in this time around that I didn't even notice in, on first watching: uh, Pozark in this movie is really, really good as well. Like, it really, really good. I can't believe I didn't even uh, pay... I didn't really give any give it any attention in the first viewing because I just thought he was kind of like... Uh, he was kind of like 20 steps away from the action during the entire movie, but... On second viewing, his arc is really, really quite excellent as well because it starts out with him. I mean, Poe is pretty much the heart soul of this trilogy. Like he's calm, cool, collected, handsome, but he's also reckless and a bit of a smartass as well. So when at at the beginning, when you see him try to take down this giant, uh, I can't remember what the name of the ship that they call it is, but then like his recklessness pretty much gets and in, he disobeys uh he disobeys an order from Leia and his recklessness pretty much gets an, an entire squadron killed and then when Holdo takes over um he's still trying to like convince convince her that like she's r- he's right and that she's wrong and that he should l- she should listen to him and all this stuff even uh <laughs> Even tries to uh, uh, throw a mutiny which uh, is almost automatically diffused. But then what I love is that Poe realizes that he was wrong and that well that Holder was right pretty much the whole time and that like he w- he, he comes to realize his recklessness and also the, the lives that it cost him as well. And it really does come full circle when they're down on uh, when they're down on crate as well. When uh, he's giving the orders for Finn to pull back and to pretty much abort the mission, and then Finn completely ignores him, and he feels like he's gonna get everyone killed on his watch as well. Which I thought was really really awesome way to bring the whole thing full circle. And Oscar Isaac as well is just awesome as Poe Dameron. He is just so cool and such a good actor that he really really pulls it off in this movie. I also found the newer characters to be so much better watching this time around as well like maybe it's just cuz I missed a few maybe key parts of dialogue maybe or it's just I wasn't paying that much attention I'm not sure but Ro- Rose was felt a lot better this time around like I thought she was just like like I think what Kyle said and I kind of agree with Kyle like he was she was just like a means so that uh Finn wasn't doing his adventure alone but I actually felt that she had a lot. She had a lot more to offer Like she had a lot to offer in this movie. Like I noticed that a lot this second viewing. Same with Laura Dern's character, um, Admiral Holdo. She, like I, I said it in the spoiler episode. Like as soon as she came on screen, I'm like, you're bad. You're you're evil. 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 And again, like. But then rewatching it, maybe because I already had the knowledge, I was thinking, and because we all know the really really awesome scene where she puts a ship into hyperspace and then cuts straight through Snoke's ship, which is awesome, and easily one of the best parts of the movie, I was thinking, maybe this was her plan all along, but then I remembered, but wait, if it was that was her plan all along, as soon as all the ships were evacuated, she would have done it straight away, so yeah, I was a bit wrong there, but her plan, I've got a feeling that her plan all along was to sacrifice herself for the greater good of the, of the rebellion, and which further adds to a post storyline as well, which I really enjoyed, well, that, that's, te- that's how I see it anyway, also Benicio del Toro, like, I didn't really realize the stutter in his voice the first time, and also I thought again maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention first time around. I thought he was, uh I thought he was like a spy for the, <laughs> for the first order, or like he was working for the first order the whole time. But then I realized, oh, they just gave him a shitload of cash, and then they let him go. Like I'm still not sure what happened to him. I'm just wondering maybe he was killed when the ship crashed. Uh, I'm not sure, but I uh, all the newer characters I really enjoyed this time around. But to get dive deeper into spoiler territory, I just want to talk more about the Praetorian guard fight as well. Look, th- that scene is amazing. I, I would not hesitate for a second in saying that that is one of the best lightsaber fights in Star Wars in the entire saga, easily, easily. It is so well shot. The action is so good. Like, the weapons... Like, I'm so glad we actually got to see the, like you never get to see like the 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 guys from Return of the Jedi like the the guys like the ones that they look like. Uh, you never ever got to see them fight in uh, like the original trilogy so to actually see them fight and the really cool weapons that they have and like seeing them use those that's awesome. And something I also forgot to remember is that this scene is actually quite brutally violent. I mean there isn't really there isn't really gore but like there's like decapitations and like oh, and like stabbing like right through there and like cutting people in half. But there is actually kind of a gory thing. Like, one of them gets, like, thrown into, like, a jet turbine, and, like, all this bloody. All this, like, blood and, uh, like, bits of. and body parts, and, like, all this stuff. Like, it's quite. V- and, like, blood and viscera just spurting out after he falls into this kind of, like, jet turbine or whatever. It's. it's really, really gruesome. I'm like, oh, okay, that just happened in a Star Wars movie. That's, uh. That's weird. Like it maybe not have been like body parts. Maybe it was just armor because like I mean, the, the armor was red. But I'm not sure. But I thought that scene. Like I forgot to mention that the first time around. But when he just falls into a, when the one of the Praetorian guards just falls into a bit and just gets chopped into pieces and they just fly up. That was something I genuinely was not expecting to ever see in a Star Wars movie. So thanks, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, for that. That was really cool. And just a few things that I didn't. Like, I completely forgot to. Rem- that I note. Well, one thing that I completely forgot to mention in the spoiler episode is that I only just. You only just realize at the end of this movie that, oh my god, Poe and Ray have never met each other in the whole span of these two movies. Because right at the end, Poe po goes up and's like, hi, I'm Poe. And then she's like, oh, I'm Ray. And they introduce each other. I'm like, in the theater, I was like, H- haven't that oh, my God, they haven't met before. How does that happen? <laughs> I just found that really strange. Like, I could have sworn that they shared a scene together in at least, ah, oh, I thought that they had shared a scene together, but no, so that was a really big surprise, and I thought, every, and everyone in the theatre was acting the same way. They're like, hey, you, you met before. Oh, wait, no, you haven't. Ah, oh, wow. So that, that was there, and another thing that, and the last two things I want to mention, they're basically about Luke Skywalker, so... On crate, I re- and a lot of people have realized this. so I was looking out for it because he's doing the force project, and the- and these both have to do with the force projection when he fights Kylo Ren in like in, towards the end of the film. Um, like what I like that it clears up the plot hole, like the saying that it's a pr- force projection. It clears up the plot hole with how the hell did Luke get inside that heavily secured and heavily fortified uh abandoned rebel base? Like it's it it easily explains that and also what i like is because like he talks about how he was a legend and like he he pr- when he projects himself when he fights kylo it's to the it's the way he looks in the flashback for when he said he was the legend luke skywalker so i thought that was really interesting like i don't know if that was uh that was a really cool thing to do but here's what i noticed and i guess a lot of people noticed it because i was i heard a few people say this so i was looking out for it um you can tell that it's a force projection quite early on because you can see Kylo has footprints, but Luke does not. So the care that was really, really well done by Ryan Johnson and really like to get down to that detail, like that easily could have just been a continu like a continuity error or just some or like a something you'd find in the goofs of uh, the IM in the goofs section of IMDB. Ryan Johnson actually took the care to do that, which I really, really enjoy. And I just wanted to just before I sign off, there's one more thing I wanna talk about. Uh So, Luke at the end, I I was going to mention this in the spoiler episode, but I didn't quite know how to use the words for it, and it may still sound like I've got no idea what I'm talking about here, so I'll just see if I can get it out the best I can. So, when Luke just vanishes towards the end, I'm wondering, is this, is it, I've got one of two theories. Is it because, and look, theories in Star Wars, they don't really work out well. Also, I just want to reinstate the fact that Snoke is a huge red herring in this entire franchise and that it ultimately means nothing—that's awesome. Uh, the fact that Ray's parents are a bunch of junkies that sold her for fucking beer money—that's amazing. I love it, and al- it also goes to the—it p- also goes to the fact that what I love about Star Wars is that it's like anyone can be special. Like the Force can, anyone can use the Force. Like you can be strong with the Force, but like you don't have to be this really awesome. Like you don't have to come from this very long, rich history of Jedi to be one, which is why I don't understand all these fan reaction that people are pissed off that Rey is not a Skywalker or a Kenobi or a Jin or a Windu or who gives a fuck. I just I'm just happy that she's a nobody because it makes more sense for the story at large. But anyway, so what I'm wondering here, one of my two theories with this is it that the Force projection, which I guess we're gonna call it is the force projection required that much power and strength that it pretty much killed luke at the end or is it because luke has kind is now at peace and he has almost surrendered himself to the force that's what i'm wondering i i'd i'd prefer if it was the second option and that he comes back as a force ghost in the next episode because i think that would probably be the most logical and like the most uh the the most consistent with like the themes and the beliefs of the Jedi. I uh, I really I really enjoyed that. So uh that's those are my updated thoughts on The Last Jedi. Uh let me know. I I've I think this movie really, really improves on multiple viewings. I think all these uh bitching fanboys uh should watch it at least a second time or they should just grow the fuck up and uh you know, just get out of the basement, get a job. You know Human things, human, civilized human things, right, yeah, I really loved <laughs> oh, sorry, I just I am tired as hell, so I would definitely i 'm going to retroactively uh change my review from a seven out of ten and bump it up to an eight out of ten. This movie, it was so much more enjoyable as well, like I had s- all the problems I had with the movie were either completely diminished or they just didn't annoy me as much. I, it's it's I, I I think it gets I think it will get better with the third viewing as well. I think this is a film that just gets better will get better and better with each viewing that you have, and that I love it. And um, I'm in the process of uh, creating my best of 2017 list. I'm not sure if this is gonna make it yet, but um, because I'm currently rewatching films that I really really enjoyed this year, and uh, who knows, like it might make it, it might not. So uh, stay tuned in uh, early to mid January for that. So thanks very much for listening to this uh, short little uh, button, guys. If you liked what you've heard here, uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. That would be good, really appreciated. And uh, you can leave a like on SoundCloud or you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes and give us a nice little review. That would be very, very appreciated. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We're at Another Bloody Movie Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at, another blo- at AB Movie Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Sean Hub underscore. That is S E A N H U B underscore. You can also follow me on Stardust at, at Sean Coates, which is my which is pretty much my name with a capital S, capital C, no spaces. Stardust is a really awesome format. I've got a real I've got a lot of really really cool uh, really cool uh, reactions up there. I've got quite a few. Most recently for the crazy crazy Christmas film Potter'sville. Where Michael Shannon is pretending to be Bigfoot. It is insane. Uh, check out all my reactions on Stardust. And thank you very much for listening into this episode. And we'll see you later.